Hello and welcome to the Awake In Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm here to share wellness practices to awaken within. I cultivate a safe space to share spiritual journeys to the true self and have honest dialogues on the human experience from the lens of an Asian American. Thank you so much for being here and let's dive in. Hi friends. So today I wanted to use this episode to share some practices for inner discovery. And the reason why I wanted to share some of these wellness practices and just in general um, good habits to have is personally in my journey, journey, I have felt that this uh, ability to be able to use these practices to help find my own inner voice and use it to ground myself when I need to. Um, A few years ago, I kind of have started doing this because I was, well, one, I kind of stumbled upon it, but I also was realizing that I was in a relationship where a lot of my identity had been consumed by that relationship and that other person's interests and desires. And I have been talking to a few of you and I hear that there's been a lot of that just going on as we're navigating through life in this stage. And I really just wanted to share some of the practices that I love to use that after you know traveling and meeting with people, kind of going on this journey as well, what they loved to use and use this as a way to hopefully help someone. So I'll be sharing a few uh, different specific practices and there's no pressure to do all of these all at once. I think the most important part is to make that mindset shift and you'll really start to have to make yourself want to enjoy doing it. Um, And so take what works, take what resonates with you. Um, leave what doesn't resonate with you and yeah I really hope that you'll find this helpful I just in my own sharing my own personal journey like this has been honestly changing so life-changing for me and I have felt like I was kind of asleep in a way like not fully waking up to who I am how I want to move through this world with intention and with purpose and I just know that in a society and world where there's so much pressure through social media, through our parents, our family, through what other people in our communities are doing to live a certain path and do a certain, uh, live out your life in a certain way that has been laid out for you and been told to you. But I think the real power here is being able to discern whether you actually want that for yourself or not. And I struggle through that too as a chronic people pleaser um and if anyone's into human design my head center my head chakra is completely open so um, that means that i am really susceptible to letting other people's opinions and values influence me Um, and when i learned that in my human design i kind of was more able to take a stand for myself ever since I knew that information and being like, okay, do I actually feel this way or is my, you know, open head center kind of absorbing all of this uh, information and taking it as my own. So yeah, for anyone who's kind of feeling lost in their journey right now, finding out about yourself and your true self, your soul, whatever you want to call it, your inner voice, learning 
what the, how to get that inner voice to share what it has to say can be so powerful in having you live a more fulfilling life. Not to say that your life may not already be fulfilling, but it could help you at least be more intentionally aware of what you want and what you don't want and what feels right and what doesn't feel right instead of just doing whatever your partner said or your family said or what everyone else's path is carving out to be. Um, so yeah, without further ado, I want to share about six practices. So first, and this is going to be a very common one that you'll hear in a lot of other wellness spaces, but meditation. Uh, meditation is just so powerful. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years because in human evolution, we needed to come to this consciousness and conscience and you know, the ability to survive and think and have thoughts and build communities. And that makes our cognitive functions extremely advanced, but also it can be a little too overactive and haywire. So implementing a meditation practice either in your daily life or at least try to do it a few times a week. Um, there's in terms of different ways to meditate, there's so many different styles. If you're working through more inner discovery and healing work, I love metta meditation or self-love meditation, um, loving kindness meditation. And on Spotify, on Apple, there's so many guided meditation podcasts out there as well. YouTube has them as well. So to start, I really recommend just hitting play on a podcast or YouTube meditation and closing your eyes, finding a quiet place to sit without distractions and just listening along and noticing what comes up. Um, meditation for me has become such a great way to become aware of my thoughts um, and just be able to catch myself in a in different negative thought patterns sometimes. I used to be a very... I used to have a lot of anxious thoughts, like an overwhelmingly amount of anxious thoughts. And that was because I wasn't really aware of the thoughts that were going through in mind. I was kind of just letting it run and run and run and go into a spiral. And it would really hold me back from doing a lot of the things that I truly wanted to by letting these anxious thoughts dominate my mind. So in using meditation, I've been able to slow down my thoughts be able to become more aware of them even in my conscious world when I'm not meditating, like when I'm doing dishes. Usually when you're spending a lot of time by yourself, if you you know are at home, those thoughts tend to come up in those moments and being able to catch them in those moments and work with them to either release those negative thought patterns or toxic thought patterns or just reshape them not let them dominate your mind or consume your mental space because your mental space is a reflection of your physical body and your physical inner world and if your mental space is running it around in that way so much it might manifest into certain diseases in your body um, so yeah, even starting with about 8 to 12 minutes of meditation I've heard a day can be really beneficial. Uh, so I think everyone has at least 10 minutes in their day to stop and pause and meditate. Doing it in the morning first thing, or if you're not a morning person, doing it right before you go to bed is a great way to calm your 
mind down before you go to sleep so that if you have trouble sleeping having these thoughts run through your head and you might need to rely on like your phone or watching a tv show to fall or lull you to sleep meditation right before bed could be a great way for you to start to work with your thoughts and work with the reasoning why behind you behind why you might be avoiding them at night um so kind of in uh tandem with meditation is journaling and I've kind of done this more recently where I'll meditate first and that really allows me to get all of my kind of service level thoughts my to-do lists my schedule for the day out during my meditation kind of letting it pass through me like you know a cloud in the sky and then I'll open my eyes and start journaling Um, and flow of consciousness writing is such a great way to hear what your inner voice has to say usually the higher most level of your consciousness will want to get the superficial stuff out and that's okay even if you just want to write about um you know what's going on with your day how you felt about certain things that happened throughout the day almost like the diary style of journaling if that feels comfortable to you it's a great way to get it starting but keep on going keep on writing and see what your true self or what your soul starts to come out on paper um journaling with a pen and paper is also important because it uh asks you to start to formulate your thoughts instead of really freeform typing when we type we can get let so much out but like writing and also having that pen to paper will physically draw out the thoughts out of your head and onto journaling and starting to journal a little bit and then a lot later on in the session you'll get to see so much come out of it um there is a podcast that i recommend called the soul connection podcast that does a great combo of both it'll uh katie she will lead you through a uh meditation and then at the end of the meditation she'll guide you with a journal prompt and that prompt can be questions like what brings you joy what can you be grateful for? And I just really like having these journal prompts to get me to that deeper layer of um, the soul type of questions that I want answers to from my soul. But I know my, you know, worldly conscious self might give a more superficial answer to or if I didn't have any guidance on a journal prompt, I would kind of just start writing about what's on my mind, which is totally okay too. flow of consciousness writing is a beautiful way to get all your thoughts out and on paper and then you'll the more you write the more you write you'll start to see what exactly comes out I remember I've done journaling sessions from a year ago and I kind of did just wanted to get you know an outlet for my thoughts and eventually I started to write some things and this almost was things that I wanted and and eventually I read it back a year or two later and I ended up manifesting it by writing it on my journal and so that's kind of a sign to me that what my true inner voice wanted at that time I was journaling is what is bringing me so much joy in my current day and like the fact that I almost manifested it into my current path of life and how I'm feeling about that and how I felt like it was such a good decision despite my anxious thinking uh kind of limiting or you know limiting beliefs and limiting thoughts holding me back going down that path that my true self had uh wrote for me in that journal is just so amazing uh, to see. So try out journaling. Um, it might, if you're anything like me and are really bad and you know very logical, bad at connecting with yourself or taking that time to connect to yourself, it might feel a little cringy at first. And I don't like the word cringy, but 
it might feel like that at first, but just be patient with yourself. Uh, get try to have as many positive affirmations around journaling. So having a nice pen that you like, a journal that you love, um, paper that you enjoy writing on, just those are great ways to start. And also just carve out like five, 10 minutes of your time for this as well. Uh, so that was journaling as a second our second inner discovery practice. Third is I'm gonna call in general just going solo, doing things on your own, being out in the world alone. It can be doing a traveling trip. Um, it can be going to the grocery store alone, doing errands completely alone, going for a walk just for the sake of spending time with yourself. Because in, I feel like in our middle school and high school, uh, even up to college years, we've been constantly surrounded by other people and other people's opinions. And it's often normalized to be constantly spending your time socializing or being with people. And I, during the pandemic, I really loved that we were all okay with being alone and doing things alone. And I've kind of adopted that into the post-pandemic era because being out in the world alone really teaches you so much about who you are. Like no, no relationship partner with you, like um, just how you respond to stress, how you interact with strangers, how you feel in uncomfortable or new situations. And honestly, from all of that, you could start to learn how resilient you actually are. If you ever had an inkling of self-doubt about yourself in certain areas, trying to do some things alone, like even go to a class alone or go to a gym alone, um, the mental, like this is where the meditation kind of comes in, the thoughts that go through your mind, like thinking that you're going to be judged, that you're eating out alone or you're going to be hated on or, you know, all of that, all of those thoughts will probably go through your head. But with your meditation, you'll be able to recognize that like, wait, I don't really care what other people think. I don't think that it matters how other people feel. I'm in my own business and starting to think more about yourself rather than what other people think is also such a mind shift that ha that happens when you're alone. Um, and being alone really allows you to quiet everything else around you and also just really listen to discovering your inner world, your inner soul. And having just no opinions but your own you can start to also start to formulate your values on certain things how you feel cultivate these experiences alone too because when you're we're going to be alone for the majority of our life there was like this really cool chart i saw um, on twitter a while ago about the amount of uh, the people that you spend time with and the amount of time and in the obviously in early life you're going to be spending a lot of time with your family and then your friends and you know your partner and then your children and then towards the end of life or midway to the end of life it's going to be mostly alone once your children are gone maybe you're you know any whatever happens but learning how to be by yourself and enjoy your company and enjoy you know yourself and your inner world and your mental thoughts that happen in your head is going to be a skill that you're going to need for the rest of your life. Um, so kind of with going solo, traveling, I know that's like, if you're a woman, you know, myself included, I 
do not feel completely comfortable solo traveling yet but like I've done yoga and meditation retreats where I will go solo but I'll go there and not meet anyone that I know and be able to connect and really be surprised in who I connect with and and am able to um, interact with by meeting a bunch of strangers there and I think that was like so illuminating for me because I used to have such high social anxiety and not really feel comfortable around new people unless I was around like at least one or two safety blankets a, a friend or a partner but doing these retreats on my own has made me really surprised to myself of how okay being alone I was and not wanting to feel FOMO or trying to fit in and really honestly like honoring myself and how I feel in these like group situations where I'm completely new to this entire group. So the fourth thing is finding alone time doing something that you enjoy. So also with going like going solo. So like reading or knitting or, you know, ordering in takeout and watching your favorite show alone, doing some yoga Um, Any kind of hobbies that you have or an individual activity where your fulfillment and your enjoyment is the priority. Um, And again, finding an activity like this that you do alone will train you to be okay being alone, to sit with your subconscious. Because your subconscious, she comes out when you spend a lot of time alone and you realize that you might have some deeper trauma to work through or you kind of start to realize things about your past or maybe your past life and being like, oh, okay, that's why this bothered me so much today because I have a trigger when people add too much pressure onto me because I experienced that growing up, for example. And honestly, the finding something at home that you could do releases the, you know, the I guess the heavy expectation of having something you do alone be in out in the external world if you're not ready to take that step. Finding something that you do at home alone um, is such a good way to ease yourself into that um, without, you know, using your phone or using like that time alone can't really be you talking to other people on the phone or texting someone that doesn't count because you're still connecting with someone um, else externally have it really be an introspective introverted uh, type of activity that you enjoy so kind of find what you like and I think that's what's going to help you stick to it and finding this like you know scheduling some alone time to yourself if it's like taking a shower or enjoying a a face mask or a spa day on your own or doing you know your own nails or stretching on your own or even just like cooking at home alone I think those are such great ways um so take some inner discovery time to see what you enjoy I have also met a lot of people who have been so on such a path throughout life they kind of sat and were like what do I even enjoy I wouldn't even know where to start um so for me what how I started with this was with mindful movement, which is our fifth inner discovery practice. Um, so mindful movement, it can be done by anyone. Um, it can be done, you know, anywhere. You don't have to go to a studio. And I call this mindful movement and not like Pilates or yoga or dancing because your body wants to move um, in a certain way. And I think the most important part is that it's mindful, you're fully present for it, you're not uh, judging or um, having any preconceptions about how you look. 
but moving for how it feels. So being in a studio space can sometimes trigger that. Like you, they have mirrors. There's other people around. You might, like myself, tend to look at what other people are doing and adjust yourself um, just to do it right because there's you know a lot of emphasis on the perfectionism and obviously fitting in as well. So finding some mindful movement that you do at home can be a great way to just get started. So I started by doing yoga um, through YouTube. Like I did yoga with Adrian a lot on YouTube um, and you're connecting with your body. I am realizing, you know, instead of judging how inflexible or flexible I am, I'm working with it, I'm present with it, I'm breathing through it, and it really allows any self-talk or shame that you have around your body to kind of come to light and be like, why am I shamefully treating my body this way? I should be grateful that it's getting me through the day-to-day. I'm able to eat and sit and walk and also just say like some nice things to it too because our bodies, our physical bodies, they're so wise. They have so much inner wisdom and the body will speak um, when it's mindfully moving in you know a certain way or in certain positions like long stretches or holds in restorative yoga, it can be very emotionally releasing. And the body, she holds a lot of that emotion that we feel from our day to day, any regressions that we have or repressions, traumas, like, and when you allow your body to open up and speak or release or just like let it out, let it dance, let it move, let it stretch, it will bring up a lot of things. Um, And, I think that's okay to work through them. A lot of people, I think, avoid the slow type of workouts because there's a need to be pumping at the gym, lifting the heavy weights, having a purpose for moving for a physical a physical outcome, but having some mindful movement as a way to let your body release and almost let that be a, like a mind-to-body outcome so it's more so for your mind to let your inner soul speak rather than to achieve something out of your body or just like release something out of your body that's why those like activities like zumba are so popular and like those break rooms where you're using your body to smash different things is because we can release so much tension so much stress through our bodies so obviously i'm a yoga teacher so i know the most about yoga with mindful movement and that's kind of how i entered into this uh, wellness space was through the lens of yoga and breath to movement and presence and i highly recommend it if you want to just play one of my youtube videos or yoga with adrian anyone who works for you i'm not going to be super pragmatic about who you should watch because like you're gonna resonate with different teachers um, whether that be me or someone else and I think that's okay I think do what works for you because at the end of the day this is ultimately for you um and the what are we at one two three four five we're at six now okay I counted right six is de-stimulation um so this is one of my one of the newer ones that I've been playing around with um but be mostly because I am living in New York City, um, really big city now, and everything about the city, even when I'm just trying to have a peaceful walk, is so overstimulating. You walk down the street, you see an ad that's a visual stimulant. You hear a car honking, or you know people shouting, or arguing, or you know bikers uh, beep, or like what do they do? They ring their bells. So there's a 
a hearing stimulant right there. You're walking constantly in the city, so there's a little bit of that touch sense there. And I mean, obviously, I think everyone knows New York can be a little smelly, but yeah, can be all those senses, all those five senses are kind of being stimulated all at once just by living in New York City. So um, even if you live in the suburbs or, you know, if you're using your phone a lot, that the destimulation is a great practice to just get some off screen time from social media, emails or digital multitasking. I'm really guilty of this, of like doing something with my laptop. I'm waiting for like three seconds and then I'll instantly tap my phone to look at notifications. That's just so stimulating to our minds and not only to mention like TV um, news is really overstimulating and triggering the anxiety mechanisms in our body with like all of the negative news that we see. So I think it's okay to put yourself in a little bubble sometimes and destimulate from the world around you. Um, I love like going to the pool because um, I love water, but I also love the fact that I can't bring my phone into the pool. So I have to leave it in a locker or, you know, if you go to a gym or a spa, leave your phone in your locker and just not have it for a few hours. And I think that's why it's uh, so recommended to do that when you're in a spa and that's why you leave so feeling refreshed but if you just have like a little locker or a place where you leave your phone in your house and you know you're not going to touch it you're going to focus on reading or you're going to be focused on taking your shower or um, just cooking without using your phone but maybe using your laptop on do not disturb mode something like that just I also just love sometimes shutting off all the lights or maybe going into my bathroom where it can be completely dark. Um, it can be completely quiet and just either doing a meditation like that or just like sitting, you know, in the darkness for a few minutes um, and just letting myself, my senses start to recuperate one by one and start to like recharge themselves in a way and heal themselves because they're just you know, taking in a lot in the day to day. Um, I think another part that's so easy to do to destimulate is to have your phone on do not disturb when you when you don't need to be responding to anyone. So what, if you're not waiting on someone or, you know, trying to make plans with someone, just leave it on do not disturb so you can be fully focused with what you're doing. I think over time, the practice of destimulation will help wean off of that kind of addiction to using our phones or the need to check our phone because our brains are constantly looking for that dopamine hit and using our phones and you know the way the coloring works on the screen will naturally give you that dopamine hit and then you can start to find dopamine hits from you know natural sources like doing something you enjoy going for a run doing some either physical activity or you know, working on a little project and getting a lot of fulfillment from it. So that is a really fun one to do um, to really kind of melt away the world. And in those moments are when your inner voice has the space to kind of slip, step out of your, you know, scatterbrained, monkey brained, whatever you want to call it, our natural human tendency to have these thoughts run through our mind all the time. Once all of that is silenced from destimulation of all of these senses, the inner voice can finally start to step out and she can shine and she can maybe give you a little nudge in the right direction or a, a nugget of wisdom that you've been 
asking for yearning for or just like waiting for a sign from and i think it's just so amazing how our bodies and souls and consciousness can have that level of intelligence um and there is you know just everyone talks about frequencies and vibrations and not to get too um down that rabbit hole but i think in a pragmatic sense it makes sense like energy is neither destroyed nor conserved i believe i should know i studied science but the energy has to go somewhere and there is so much energy within us we just need to quiet the external energy around our around our lives and be able to allow that to shine through um and another like easy de-stimulation practice is yoga nidra which is why i uh, upload so many yoga nidras up here on the podcast as well is because I think we need like a way it's like such a nice easy way to withdraw from each of the senses wrapped up in a nice little bow that you could do in like less than an hour session and then you allowed yourselves to recoup you allowed your mind to go to a place to meet your true self and you let your physical body relax and you're able to kind of just lay there in complete and utter relaxation and allow your, you know, whatever you need to come out in your life to come. So yeah, that's all I have for these six uh, practices to discover your inner voice or to do some inner discovery work. So to recap, the first is meditation. The second is journaling or doing both uh, meditating then journaling. Third is doing things solo. The fourth is finding alone time doing something that you enjoy. The fifth is doing some mindful movement. And the last one is de-stimulation. So I hope that you found this helpful or resonated with, you know, anything that I might have mentioned with what you're going on with. And I hope that if you try out one or two of these tips, um, that would and let me know how it goes. I would love to hear what that journey is going to be like for you. So yeah, thank you so much for being here and for listening through. I would really appreciate it if you like this to rate on Spotify or leave a review or follow this podcast or follow me on Instagram to support and learn a little bit more about what I'm trying to share with the world and you know, see if it will resonate and help you. So yeah, sending light everyone.